0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another, and you should try the NPR One app on your phone for conversations that you're not going to hear anywhere else. This week, check out Guy Raz's exclusive interview with TED curator Chris Anderson, where they discuss the TED phenomena and the secrets to giving a great TED Talk. Find their conversation by searching TED Radio on the NPR One app, where you can also find stories from your local station and more great podcasts. We have a great show for you. Some brilliant contestants are patiently waiting to find out what trivia games we've crafted for them. But only one contestant will be our big winner. And we have a real treat for you today because NPR Music's Bob Boylan is here to talk about the Tiny Desk Contest. More than 6,000 people entered this year. And the winner, Galen Lee, will also be joining us and she will be performing at our own little tiny desk later in the show. I love the idea of a tiny desk. I would like to have one, but guess what? I figured out, we all have tiny desks. That's right, they're called smartphones. (laughs) Granted, they're not as cozy to sleep under, but it is like a desk in our pocket. It even has a built-in sarcastic intern named Siri. (laughs) The only thing missing in my mind is that it needs an attachment, like a little tiny drawer, because where else are you going to put your work bourbon? All right, let's get things started with our first two contestants. Yeah. Seamus Campbell, you are a web programmer for politicians and you once shaved off your eyebrows. Yeah. Okay, why do you hate eyebrows so much? <laughs> my dad is bushy one, so I sort of just hate my dad sometimes, so sort of just fell into that place. <laughs> So you transferred your hatred for your father onto Only your, sometimes. on your own eyebrows. Yes. Okay. We also have Ricky Searway. You are a public librarian and you participate in Scrabble tournaments. Basically, you are a public radio dream come true. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've been working on that.
1: It's a work in progress. It's a lifelong dream.
0: Yes. Do you play in Scrabble tournaments?
1: As opposed to Scrabble, I
0: don't know by just with a friend. No, these are. They,
1: <laughs> there are no friends in Scrabble.
0: I, know, I was Sarah. gonna say, like, wow.
1: We play. Uh, it's a, there's an organization that actually puts Scrabble tournaments together, and people from around the country gather in in small hotel ballrooms and dungey basements to play games of Scrabble. It's a pride
0: game. It's a pride game. Like, like, ask me another. <laughs> Oh, please, 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 there is no pride here. I was going to say, I beg to differ, Ricky. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This game is an homage to the most inspirational figure of the 24th century Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. So every answer is a play off of his famous command, make it so. Jonathan, could you give us an example? Sure.
1: If I said, Captain what large upholstered piece of furniture should go in your living room right in front of the flat screen TV? You would say, make it sofa.
0: Yes, so buzz in and deliver your answer with the gravitas befitting a starship captain, and the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. The loser will be transferred to Deep Space Nine. (laughs) Here we go. Captain, what do people from this sector of the galaxy call carbonated beverages? It's not pops, soft drinks, or Coke. Ricky.
1: Call me soda.
3: Make it soda, There you go.
4: I was thinking of Moby Dick.
0: (laughs) 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 Who isn't? Make it soda is correct. Well done.
1: Captain, we need judicial advice. Shall I activate a hologram of the Supreme Court's first justice of Hispanic heritage? Ricky. Make it Sonia Sotomayor. That's right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Captain, should we teach this planet's people about the political economic system based on collective ownership of the means of production and distribution of goods? Make it
1: socialism.
0: Make it socialism. That is correct.
1: Captain, Commander Riker showed up for duty drunk again. (laughs) What should we tell him to do? Seamus.
4: Make it sober. That's right, make it sober, (laughs) Riker.
0: (laughs) Captain, please ask Data to bring up a map of the planets, asteroids, and comets that orbit the sun.
5: Make it solar.
0: Seamus, make it solar.
1: We need a little bit more.
0: I was going to say, make it solar system. Yeah, okay, that's what we're looking for.
1: Captain, do you think this planet would be inspired by the 19th century African-American abolitionist and women's rights activist who will be on the back of the redesigned $10 bill? Ricky. Make it Sojourner
0: Truth. That's right. Yeah! This is your last clue. Captain, would you like the replicator to serve you up a Japanese meal of thin strips of dough made of buckwheat? Ricky. Make it soba noodles. Make it soba noodles, yes. <laughs> Puzzleguru Archung, how did our contestants do? It was a closely
5: fought game, but congratulations to Ricky. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show. <laughs>
0: Let's meet our next two contestants. Kylie Briggs, you work in admissions at a theater school in New York. I do. All right, so you get all the new excited actors talking to you, right? Yes,
1: before they're less excited.
0: <laughs> did the students ever ask you anything like, so at what point did I become a big star?
1: Uh, no,
6: I think they've been trained pretty well for the reality of that, but a lot of times they'll ask, you know, if they're going to have job placement right after. Which job
0: placement in entertainment. That's how it works. Really. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. But no, we that don't. is so sweet. <laughs>
1: we got placed in these jobs. Yeah,
0: we got placed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we have Sarah Schaefer. You work in the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, and you plan your errand routes around (laughs) wine-tasting opportunities. I do. I do. Now, what time are you running these errands, typically?
5: (laughs) Mostly on the weekends, sometimes after work. So not
0: while I'm part of the government. (laughs) (laughs) That's an excellent way to answer. Is New York just full of wine tasting? Yeah,
5: they are, yeah. Um, There's tons of them. Pretty much any wine store, I would say, has some kind of tasting on Saturday if you hang out long enough.
0: Um, (laughs) Oh, I get it. So these wine stores are like, that girl is waiting. (laughs) Just just give her a bottle. Just
1: give her some wine. She'll go away. (laughs) Just give her...
0: You guys get to play one of our favorite games. It's called This, That, or The Other. We are going to give you the name of something, and all you have to do is tell us which of three categories it belongs to. And today's categories are Endangered Species, Kung Fu Movies, and Politicians Secret Service code names. Those are the names Secret Service agents use to refer to the politicians they're protecting. For example, Ronald Reagan's codename was Rawhide, because, of course, he looked fantastic in chaps. <laughs> so <laughs> buzz in when you know the answer. And if you get it wrong, your opponent can steal. Here we go. King Eagle. Kylie. Secret Service codename. Sorry, that is incorrect. Sarah, can you steal? Endangered Species. Uh, Wrong! <laughs> Both great ideas, but that has just showed us how great this game is because that is a kung fu movie. <laughs> All right, it only gets harder. Bow Hunter. Sarah. Endangered species. Oh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Kylie. How about Let's you? go with Secret Service code name again. It is a Secret Service code name, you are correct. You want to take a hazard, to, it doesn't matter, a hazard to guess whose it is. Who could that be? Bow Hunter. Dick Cheney. Dick Well, that's a good <laughs> good game. Yep. I can see how you went there. Um, no, it's actually Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Awesome. Bow Hunter. I would call him Peck Haver or something like that. <laughs> Chess presser. Peck haver. I mean, he takes photos of, of yeah. He works out a lot. No, I know. I know. It's a fantastic code name. Is very obvious. And then though. everybody's going to know who it is. Yeah, yeah they would know immediately. Okay, Fortuna's Emperor. Sarah. Endangered species. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Great guess. It's a type of fish currently found in only one river on an island in the South Pacific. Yeah, don't bother learning its name. <laughs> Um fencing master. Sarah. Code name. That is correct. Yeah, well done. That is the code name for former Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner. Here's your next one. Angler. Sarah. Endangered species. Oh, I'm sorry that is incorrect. Good guess. Kylie, can you steal? Codename. Codename is correct. Yes, it is more of a cod name, but you got the right uh, idea. Do you know whose it is? Someone who liked to fish. Maybe. Dick Cheney. It was Dick Cheney. Yep. I know. Here's your next one. Magnificent Butcher. Sarah. Endangered Species. (laughs) I don't know what kind of animal that is.
1: A very scary one. But
0: the scariest of yeah, all Yeah, the scariest animals.
1: animal imaginable is the kind of
0: animal. It yeah, is, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Kylie, can you steal? Kung Fu movie? Kung Fu movie, yes. That's what we're looking for. All right, we have a few more. Goliath frog. Sarah. Endangered species. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> But here's a little fun fact about that. Is it endangered because of drought? No. Predators? No. It's endangered because it's a native of Cameroon, but it's often shipped overseas to participate in competitive frog races. That's why it's endangered. It's
1: unbelievable. I just feel like if there are that many frogs getting shipped overseas that depopulates an entire species of frog, I feel like I would have accidentally run into one frog race.
0: (laughs) Sooner or later. All right. Here's your last clue. Sawhorse. Sarah. Code name. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, it is. I know. All right, great game. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung. How did our contestants do? It was
5: a close, albeit random, game. And congratulations to Sarah. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show.
0: We'll talk to the host of NPR's All Songs Considered, Bob Boylan, and contest winner Galen Lee about the Tiny Desk concert and what it's like to play next to a bunch of staplers. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. The award for Ask Me Another comes from Lagunitas Brewing Company, who are no strangers to being asked for another. So much so, they've expanded their Petaluma Brewery, built a second location in Chicago, and are building a third in Azusa, California. Some have even been asked to send their flagship IPA across the pond. Wherever you get asked, beer speaks, people mumble. Mumble along with us at Lagunitas.com. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message comes from Starry Station, the touchscreen router for fast Wi-Fi. Starry Station was designed to give you a better way to game, stream, and surf throughout your home. You can see your entire network at a glance, get suggestions on how to fix problems, and finally know if you're getting the internet speed you pay for. It even has parental controls that let you block usage on specific devices during certain hours of the day. So learn more about Starry Station at starry.com slash Ask Me Another. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Now, please welcome from NPR Music the host of All Songs Considered, Bob Boylan. Thank you. Bob, I'm sure you're no stranger to the Bell House as you regularly go out and see music. How often are you out?
3: I saw uh, 500 plus bands last year. Wow. And that was an off year because the previous two years, this is so weird because I keep track of this stuff. It's weird. Uh, I saw exactly 662 bands for two years in a row. Exactly wow. that number. Isn't that weird? What does that mean?
0: That means, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know
3: what that, help me. <laughs> Well, I don't want help, really. It's a, a cry for it's help. It's okay. It's okay. Nope, it's okay. I'm all right.
0: Now, you recently wrote a book uh, called Your Song Changed My Life, in which you talk to musicians about songs that changed your life. And you must be asked this a lot, but I have to ask you, because I'd love to know, what song changed your life?
3: Easily uh, clear. It's a Beatles, uh, A Day in the Life. Um, being old enough to, to have witnessed that music coming out, and unfolding before our ears was just an extraordinary thing. There was not a piece of music ever till that time that was quite like that. And I still seek music that blows my mind. And, and I hear things that I've never heard before. And it made me want to really, really play music, which eventually I did, which is how I wound up quitting a job to join a band <laughs> uh, called Tiny Desk Unit was the name of the band. And that band led me to... Uh, buying a synthesizer, and eventually writing music. And I wouldn't have done any of that had I not like, been fascinated with the desire to make music that no one else had heard.
0: So when you first started Tiny Desk Concert at your desk, yeah. was it hard to convince musicians to come play at it?
3: There were a couple of people who came there and thought, what are we doing? Ralph Stanley, right? Anybody know Ralph Stanley. <laughs> He had not a clue, he, when, even when it was over and done, and he sang his brilliant, brilliant music, he's a great country l- music legend, and uh, he said, so when, did, when do we start? Because <laughs> he, he didn't realize that this was the thing, that, that they that they'd just three songs.
0: So who are you starstruck by that has come by The Office to play?
3: You all know Tom Jones, right? Now, I grew up on Tom Jones, and I really, really couldn't stand Tom Jones. <laughs> I mean, I watched New Pussycat, uh, you know, all that stuff. I could not stand it. But I was fascinated by the fact that he was eager to do it. And I thought, here's a man who is easily in his 60s at the time, who didn't need to do this, and he was so nervous. I mean, here's a guy who plays big shows and big venues, but at my desk... There's no lights, there's no microphone to hold. There's he had no
0: separation at nothing all. Nothing
3: at all. And his son was his manager, and his son between the songs would come and wipe his face from the pouring <laughs> sweat. If you watch this thing, watch Tom Jones, and it was incredible. But his voice was so magnificent, because we don't amplify the voices in the room, that's one of my rules. And so you just hear the human voice in the room, and his voice was so amazing, and I just wanted to hug him when he was done. I loved him, and it was so beautiful. So, uh, you know, you gain respect. So, starstruck, no, but amazed and That's loud, an- yes. And
0: now when you hear What's New Pussycat, you cry. I crying.
3: hate that song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's talk about the Tiny Desk Contest. How do you possibly <laughs> pick a winner from over 6,000 entries?
3: I think that something happens emotionally when you see and hear a piece of music that you just connect with. I mean, I go through and I rate, like, as many thousand as I can, you know, like, Three star, four star. Yeah. Look, there's no right or wrong here. It's just whatever touches you or doesn't. Of course. And you can, I can tell what's going to touch me fairly quickly. And just emotionally welled up when we heard Galen Lee. And, and it's just a. Well, you're, awesome. you're going to find out in a minute. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that brings us to our winner. Let's welcome Galen Lee. Thanks. Hi. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So the song that you submitted for the contest, uh, you submitted Someday Will Linger in the Sun. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about why that song? I wrote that song about a year ago.
6: I had a pretty big surgery right before I got married. And it just this whole idea of love being really beautiful but not always being like the easiest thing is sort of what inspired the song, Um, but the reason I chose it for the contest is because I was playing at a pizza shop like two weeks before I was going to make the video. It's a weird gig, but I do it twice a month. Okay, great. um, (laughs) And uh, I was like, I can't pick the song. Like, you know, it's kind of hard to be objective. So I I told the audience of like 12 people eating pizza (laughs) that I was... I'm going to do this contest, and can you raise your hand after I play these three songs and vote? And so they voted for that one.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and I'm jealous because I have pl- done comedy at a pizza shop, and there were only nine people, so <laughs> uh, you had the better pizza shop. <laughs> it's a good pizza shop. It's A gig yeah. a, a at a pizza shop is not bad, because also you get paid and... You eat pizza. Pizza, yeah, exactly. Yep. We would love to hear that song, yes? Yeah. All yep. right.
6: right. Now side by side we've face- But done. Nearly too tired to carry on. Someday
0: Caitlin, that was amazing. I'm uh I'm a little teary-eyed. Aww, I'm not going to lie. You. What was it like
6: to win? The weirdest day of my life. Yeah? Yep. Um so I mean I entered because some friends and my fiddle students told me to enter. I entered kind of on a whim like we filmed it on my phone in my office before we went to drink half-price wine. So as you did. You know, I mean it was premeditated like I had thought about it, but it wasn't something that I put any budget into or anything, so
0: it was so, like, surprised.
6: Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Uh,
0: You play your violin in a unique way. Uh, You were born with a condition called brittle bone disease. Can you describe how you play your violin?
6: Yeah. um, Well, I play it, my arms and legs are both pretty short, and they're bent, and so playing a violin in a normal way, my arms are way too short for that, so we kind of adapted it where I play it up and down like a tiny cello, Yeah. Uh, and I hold my bow like a bass player does. Right. So it's just kind of a little quirky that way.
0: I understand that you also teach violin. I do, yep. Now that you've won, are you raising your rates? (laughs) (laughs) Nope, keeping the same rates. Really? Oh, yep. Yep, I am. I'm going to tell you that you should rethink that. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear, Galen, this is your first visit to New York. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? I love it.
7: Yeah.
6: No, it... We came early because we had never been here, my husband and I, yeah. and so we had done everything. We went to, like, the Brooklyn Bridge, we walked across it, we saw Chinatown, we ate a bunch of, like, so much food, I've probably gained, like, 10 pounds,
7: <laughs> and then,
6: like, we also went to Times Square last night, but I'm never doing that again.
0: Okay.
7: <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> That's the kind of attitude you need to live here, Okay. By yeah. the way. Maybe someday, maybe someday. It's pretty cool. So, Bob Galen, would you like to have a little Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. Okay, so Bob Galen, we are going to team you up for a game that's called What's in Your Tiny Desk? Galen, we're going to give you a list of objects someone might keep in their desk at work, but these objects are not necessarily office supplies. They're Uh more interesting objects. So, Galen, you will be cluing Bob so he can guess what each object is. You can say anything you want, except for, obviously, the words of the object. Are you ready?
3: Yeah. All right. Born ready.
0: Born ready. Here we go. Juicy fruit. Gum. Yes.
6: Lots of germs, and you want to make sure you don't get sick, so you carry this around with you.
3: Hand sanitizer. You. Correct. Uh,
6: your job kind of sucks, so you have to, like... No, it does No, I know you're a... <laughs> you, have, you have to, like, relieve some of the tension with your hand, and you can't...
3: <laughs> <laughs> what Damn <kind? In> it. <laughs> this is on the radio. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. All right, like fine. A stress ball or something, like yes, yes, guess. A stress
6: ball, yes. Um,
3: I to, am sweating so much right now. You have a
6: headache, and you have a headache, so you take some of this.
3: So, aspirin. Other one. Uh, ibuprofen, oh. Advil. Uh, 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 Rhymes uh,
6: with xylenol.
3: Oh, Tylenol, <laughs> yeah, right. is correct. You know, the other stuff yeah. I'm allergic to, I should oh, know yeah. this.
6: So, this is, you carry your sandwich around in one of these and they, they make a burping sound.
3: Oh, a Tupperware thing? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um,
6: and then you're sweaty, so you should probably put on some- Deodorant. Yeah. Yes. And I just had Chinese food, so I have a pair of these in my desk, leftover- Chopsticks. Yeah. Correct. Um,
3: <laughs> I was I going have, somewhere, yeah.
6: My, my lips are dry. I'm going to put on some- Some
3: chapstick. Correct.
6: Yes. Um, you don't like bananas, but you really like these? I don't know. That's a terrible clue. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a thing that you Mangos, would eat your lunch like, a lot, uh, and it grows on trees, and they're really common. Oranges. Johnny went around and planted a bunch Apple of them.
3: Apple seeds. See, uh, apples. Yeah,
6: um, yeah. Apples, correct. You're looking for a new job. You're not, but some people are, and they might hide this in their desk in case they like, want Resume. to send it Resume. Yep. Correct. Um, this is like, you don't have dollar bills. you just got a bunch of blank in your pocket, and there's like coins rattling around. Quarters? Yeah, but like it's not uh, tight. It's...
3: Loose yep. chain. Yep. Yes, and um, wow. instead of
6: a
0: necklace, you put this in. earrings. I don't yes. know. Yes, okay. you did them all. Yeah, You're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Galen, Bob, you both did amazing. You're both going home with the perfect tiny desk accessory and ask me another Rubik's cube. Yeah. Yeah. Galen will be back a little later in the show with another song. Let's hear it one more time for Bob Boylan Thank and Galen you. Thank Let's meet our next two contestants. Christy Berry, you once fell asleep on a Tinder date. (laughs) Wow. I did. How bad Um, was that? And it was an interesting date. And I convinced this guy that he should go see a midnight movie with me. And we ordered food, we ordered drinks, and I did not make it past the opening credits. Woke up at the end. He was still there. He was still there. (laughs) You're gonna marry that guy, all right? I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> Hannah Lawrence, you are a manager at a cupcake and ice cream shop. Basically, everyone's best friend. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, your game is called "Where in the Mall Is
1: Carmen San Diego?" <laughs> That's it right. Says, it says in the script, "Rocapella style." So.
0: Obviously. <laughs> Well, in this game, we're shrinking criminal mastermind Carmen San Diego's world to the Mall of America. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Jonathan and I will read incoming theft reports from Acme Crime Net, and all you have to do is identify what store Carmen stole something from. Buzz to answer. The winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. She swiped stuffing from this toy customization store. Children who witnessed the crime said it was a grisly scene. Christy. Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear is correct, yes.
1: Our crime hotline is ear ringing. She's pilfered piercing guns from this chain that says it's punctured 90 million ears worldwide. Hannah.
7: Claire's.
1: Claire's, you got it.
0: Did you get your ears pierced there? Obviously. Yeah? Where else do you go? Christy, I, I did they, it myself. How about they, you? They got the gun stuck in my ear once. <laughs> the whole gun? Yeah. She looted lipstick from this beauty store named after Moses' wife and the ancient Greek word for pretty. Christy. Sephora? Exactly. Sephora is correct.
1: Police dogs lost her trail. She concealed her scent by walking into a store founded in 1969 by a teenager who melted crayon wax to make its products. Hannah.
3: Bath and Body Works?
1: No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Christy, do you want to guess?
3: Perfumania?
1: That's how you make perfume, you melt crayons. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is incorrect, Christy. I'm sorry that I'm making fun of you, but that was a terrible answer. Does everybody know the answer? Yankee Candle. Yankee Candle. Candle. Yeah. That's right. I know. She's food courting disaster. She swindled smoothies from this alliterative location. Christy. Jamba Juice. Yes, absolutely. Our Chung, how did our contestants do? Christy
5: obviously spent a lot of time at the mall. Congratulations, you're moving on to the final round at the end of the show.
0: Listen up, gumshoes. If you think you know where Carmen San Diego is, you probably know a ton of other stuff, too. Want to prove it? Just fill out a contestant form at amatickets.org and come detect some trivia. Coming up, remember that 1980s band Survivor? Guess which one of their hits we've turned into a music parody game for Jonathan Colton. Yep, you're right. So stay tuned. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs) Let's take a moment to thank and share a message from our sponsor, Airbnb. When you travel with Airbnb, you can live in over 2 million homes around the world. You don't have to experience the city like a tourist. Don't go to Paris to wait in lines. Don't go to LA and take a bus tour. And don't go to Tokyo to post for the same photos. Paint the view from your host's garden, wake up to the sunrise on a houseboat, or have someone ask you for directions. Feel at home, explore your host's neighborhood, and truly experience the city. Live there, even if it's just for one night. Airbnb. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Let's meet our next two contestants. Veronica Hudacek, what music would play over the training montage of your life? This
4: is the weirdest question. Uh, Live in La Vida Loca.
0: That's your... That's
1: That's pretty excellent.
0: Great. And Kristen La Rochelle, what music would you use to play over the training montage of your life?
4: The only thing coming to me is uh, Cypress Hill. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Insane in the membrane.
0: It gets me pumped up. Also great. Those are great, great ideas. Well, this game is called The Rest of the Tiger, because tigers have plenty of body parts worth singing about, but since 1982, we've only been hearing about their darn eyes. So today, that changes. Right, Jonathan Colton?
1: Finally. Thank you. Finally. We've rewritten Survivor's classic workout montage song, Eye of the Tiger to be about other tiger body parts. (laughs) Your job is to buzz in and identify the tiger body part that I'm singing about, and you have to sing the answer, as in the eye of the tiger. But of course, you would replace I with the correct body part. Buzz in to answer. The winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Loser will be fed to a tiger. (laughs) Good luck.
2: These protrude not just from my face. Got five types on my body. Help me detect sensory info in space. That's the main reason I never shave.
4: Veronica. Five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just got caught up with the number five. Um,
1: That's not the most important piece of information. No,
4: I know. Whiskers? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sing it, Veronica. The whiskers of the tiger.
3: Yeah, that's right. Okay, here we
7: go.
2: And these powerful muscles are designed to clamp down. You don't want to get caught in this part of the tiger. Veronica. It's the jaws of the tiger. Yeah, you got it.
1: Our radio listeners will not be able to know this, obviously, because they can't see it. But if you could see Veronica, what you would see is every time she sings, she turns sideways to the microphone and tilts her head back like she's striking a pose. It's really fantastic. (laughs) It's like
0: a uh, Shakespeare uh, soliloquy pose.
1: She's really feeling those survivor lyrics.
0: Yeah, it's good. She's trying to keep it subtle that time.
1: (laughs) Well, it didn't come across as subtle. You're doing a great job. I'm really enjoying the rock and roll. It's fantastic. Don't change a thing. Here we go.
2: Super sharp, got 20 of these. Still, I'm not the best climber. They're retractable, I scratch them on trees. You should probably not shake my paw. Veronica. It's the claws of the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Since I only beat this organ, small and lightweight, so it won't hold me back when i am running veronica it's the stomach of the tiger (laughs) yes
7: that's right (laughs) Uh. it's
1: a decidedly less rock and roll delivery but it's you correct yeah
7: unsure rock and roll
1: (laughs) this is your last clue
7: and
2: these marks on my coat help me sneak up on my prey but they also identify me as a tiger. <laughs> Veronica? It's the stripes of the tiger.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> Puzzle Guru, how do our contestants
5: do? Well, it was a clean sweep for Veronica. Congratulations. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show.
0: It's time for our next two contestants, Eric Mandelbaum and Rob Martinez, to come on down. That's right. Eric Mandelbaum, you are a philosophy professor? Yeah. And you once got in a fight with a monkey.
4: I went for my bottle of coke and my sunglasses and fought it off the monkey to keep the sunglasses but lost the coke.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
4: Yeah, it was tough. Where were you? Uh, India. I think it happens to a lot of people there. I don't think it's all that special.
0: Oh, no, it's special. <laughs> Rob Martinez, you work in digital marketing. Have you ever argued or fought with an animal?
4: Um, not to my remembrance.
0: <laughs> you have no... I get
4: along swimmingly with all animals. <laughs>
0: Eric what is something that you own that you got an amazing deal on
4: I guess uh, all I want to do is shill for Bob Boylan so I'll say his book is that too shilly I, I don't know
0: very good Rob is there something that you got an amazing deal on that you'd like to share with
4: us I got into a show I wanted to go to for free and I got VIP tickets because it was like what would you do for a Klondike and these guys were running around naked getting their bodies signed up and down this line. That's what they would do for a Klondike bar. So the guy said to me, if you read this poem with your pants down, um, we'll get you in for free. So I did that, and it was worth it. What show did you get into? It was a podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. <laughs> it was this podcast. It was this yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we are playing a very excited game called The Price Was Right. So here's how it works. We're going to describe a fabulous piece of historical merchandise, and you each are going to guess how much the item cost to buy or build back then. Okay? And whoever comes closest to the historical price without going over gets the point. And we're going to go back and forth so you don't need to buzz in. Here we go. It's a brand new car. It's the 1908 Model T Ford. This powerful vehicle will have you cruising at speeds up to 45 miles per hour. Comes in black. Black. Or black. (laughs) Eric, what's your bid? $100.
4: $100.
0: 1908 Model T Ford. $100. Okay. Rob, what are you going to
4: bid? I'm going to go for $1,000.
0: $1,000, the actual price was $850. Guess what, Eric? You get the point on that one. Yeah. All right, we're going to start with you, Rob. It's a magnificent personal computer. It's the revolutionary 1984 Apple Macintosh. Ooh, you'll be blown away by its lightning fast 128 kilobytes of RAM. <laughs> What do you think, Rob? What do you want to bid on... How much do you bid?
4: 500 bucks.
0: 500 bucks? Very good. How about you, Eric? Uh, 501.
4: 501. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some people like
1: that a lot. Some people do not like it. In
0: 1984, that Apple Macintosh with 128 kilobytes of RAM cost $2,495. Yes. So, Eric, you get the point. It's the 1912 HMS Titanic. And guess what? We're also including 20 lifeboats, which you won't even need because it will never sink. How much did this boat cost to build? Eric.
4: $90,000. Uh, $90,000.
0: $90, Interesting. Rob, what would you like to bid? $90,001. $90,000.
4: dollars <laughs>
0: Rob, that was a good idea, because it was $7.5 million, is what it cost. Okay, a couple more left. It's a fantastic mobile phone. It's 1984's Motorola Dynatac 8000X. (laughs) Yeah. And it's only 14 inches long.
4: (laughs) Rob, how much do you bid? I'm going to go with $599.
0: $599 for the Motorola Dynatac 8000X. Eric, what do you got?
4: $1,000.
0: $1,000? The answer is $3,995. You could talk to nobody else, because nobody else was willing to pay that kind of money. But that's what it cost. All right, here's your last clue. It's a ticket to 1955's most beautiful new theme park. You're right. I'm talking about an adult entry to visit the brand new Disneyland in California. One ticket. How much does it cost? Eric?
4: $5.
0: $5. Interesting. How about you, Rob?
4: $6.
0: $6? (laughs) That's right. You both bid over. The answer is $1. $1. $1. Adjusted for inflation, that would be $8.89 now. Puzzaker Archung, how did our contestants do? They both did amazing. Congratulations to Eric. You're moving on to the showcase showdown at the end of the show. Now, to perform another song, let's bring back the winner of the tiny desk contest, Galen Lee. <laughs> Galen, can you tell us a little bit about the song
6: you're about to perform? The song is called Watch the World Unfold, and I wrote it about wanting to know what's going to happen next in life, but that rarely actually occurs. Mm -hmm. up through desert just like a seed but you're never quite a flower you feel more just like a weed driving through driving through you want to know where you are going but the wind shows always dirty and you never get to see what makes you think that you'll ever get there what makes you think you deserve to know who are you really are you so around and watch the world unfold. Watch the world unfold. Watch the world unfold. You're just like a seed, but you're never quite a flower. You feel more just like a weed.
0: Now we're going to crown this week's big winner. Let's bring back Ricky, Sarah, Christy, Veronica, and Eric. They'll be playing our final round. Puzzle Guru Archung, take it away. Thanks, Afira. In honor of our guests, this
5: final round is music-themed. It's called Not the Band You're Looking For. We've taken the names of famous bands and replaced them with some rough antonyms. So, for example, if I said video feet," that would be radio head. As you can see, we're using a very loose definition of antonyms, so think of it as wordplay. And each answer will be a huge band, one of the 300 best-selling artists of all time by album sales, according to the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America. We're playing the Spelling Bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer. And the last person standing is our big winner. Your prize will be an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and an autographed copy of Bob Boylan's book, Your Song Changed My Life. Here we go. Ricky, Front Alley Girls.
1: Backstreet Boys. That's correct.
5: Sarah, The Criminals.
4: The Innocents.
5: No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. A step aside. Christy?
4: The Vagrants.
5: Also, not a popular band. Let's see. <laughs> We're going to Veronica.
3: The Police. That is
5: correct. We have to say goodbye to Sarah and Christy. Eric, unthankful living. Grateful Dead? That is correct. (laughs) Ricky, hot work. Coldplay. That's right. (laughs) Veronica, yes, certainty. Three seconds. No. I'll let you finish it.
7: No. <laughs> All right, well, no. No, <laughs> no. No, 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 no answer. No, no.
5: Sorry, step aside. That was too much time. Let's go to Eric. No doubt. That is correct. Sorry to Veronica, you couldn't pull it out. We are down to Ricky and Eric. Ricky, old adults in the cul-de-sac. three seconds old adults in the cul-de-sac eric if you know the answer you're our big
2: winner new kids on the block
0: that is correct congratulations eric you're our big winner our show. Thanks so much for playing for bonus games and stuff too hot for radio. Look us up on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our podcast on Google Play, iTunes and Stitcher. Come see us live or be a contestant. Go to amatickets.org Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Danielle Thompson, and senior writers Kyle Beakley, Greg Lightman, and Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another's produced by Kiana Fitzgerald, Mike Katziff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, and our intern Alejandra Vasquez, along with Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Mike Cohen, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker we'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn New York the Bell House Hot Hill Blues and our production partner WNYC I'm her ripe begonias Ophira Eisenberg and this was Ask Me Another from NPR if you love listening to Ask Me Another you are going to want to check out the new Code Switch podcast hosted by Gene Denby and Shireen Marisol Meraji. Code Switch is a podcast that helps us understand how race and identity crash into everything else in our lives. This week, they tackle the subject of whiteness. What does it mean? Why is it important for us to figure out how we talk about it? Find Code Switch on the NPR One app at npr.org slash Podcasts.
1: Next time on Ask Me Another, the hosts of the hit podcast Invisibilia, Lulu Miller and Elise Spiegel, have a hard time with failure.
0: That is incorrect. Are you kidding me? That is so correct. That is so correct.
1: Join me, Jonathan Colton, on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia.